Hello, and welcome back to Mental Health Spot. This is Oli speaking. If you are under the age of 18, please consult with your parent, guardian, or a trusted adult before continuing to tune in to any and all of my podcast episodes. Okay, so this is going to be a good one, and I think it's going to be one that has been long awaited. Bipolar disorder. What is it? I am sure that many of you out there, I was guilty of it before becoming a therapist and fully understanding what it means to use this phrase. I'm sure that many of you out there have said, oh my God, my boss is so bipolar. My teacher is so bipolar. My boyfriend, my girlfriend is so bipolar. Probably to describe a person that might be moody. And while moodiness is a component to bipolar disorder, there is just much, much, much more there. And so, of course, after becoming a therapist, I just never used that phrase again. Only to describe Miami weather occasionally, because Miami weather is a little bit bipolar. All that being said, bipolar disorder is something that I am familiar with both personally and professionally. Professionally because I've had exposure to these kind of clients and personally because I am very certain that I have bipolar friends and family members. I love y'all. I love y'all. Okay. I understand very well that bipolar disorder without proper treatment is probably one of the most challenging mental illnesses out there. And so the fact that bipolar disorder is so common, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's something that a lot of people suffer from, but there is a way out in terms of receiving proper therapeutic interventions and proper medication combinations. Um, At times it's more than one that you'll be taking. I do not have personally, um, I I don't personally have bipolar disorder myself. I do have, and I've been very candid with you guys, something called persistent recurring depression, formerly known as dysthymia, which is essentially a chronic ongoing depression. But the frequent shifts in mood, which I will get into, that come with bipolarity and the mania and all of that is something that I just can't connect to. But I know a lot of people that do experience it, like I said in my professional life, in my personal life. And I have found that when these people are in treatment, they are just as capable as anyone else of leading full, productive, fulfilling, wonderful lives. Okay? With all that being said, let's start with, is there a genetic component to bipolar disorder? The answer is yes. If your father, your mother, 
or a sibling or a grandfather or a grandmother is bipolar, you have a predisposition to it. It doesn't necessarily mean you will be bipolar. But if you have, like I said, I'm pretty sure my father is bipolar. I think I've stated that on here um, when discussing him and my childhood um, at length. And this is no shade against my father because, like I've said, I have a lot of empathy for what he experienced growing up. I'm fairly certain he's bipolar. I am not bipolar. However, because he's bipolar, that automatically makes me more predisposed to bipolarity or any other underlying um, mental illness, such as depression, which is what I do have. And say, like I said, my father's bipolar and I come into this world, certain environmental factors could play a role in contributing to that already existing um, propensity to be bipolar. So just pointing that out, that there is in fact a genetic component where that is concerned. Um, And there are definitely strong environmental factors that play into that. Now, all types of bipolar disorder are characterized by episodes of extreme mood. It's a mood disorder. The high parts of this mood disorder are known as manic episodes. Manic episodes are when you feel like you're on top of the world. You feel like you can do anything. You damn well feel like you can fly. And then the lows are known as depressive episodes, which in and of itself is an explanation. Depression, sadness, hopelessness, what have you. Now, I'm going to be focusing on bipolar type, types one and two. I know there's a cyclothymic disorder. Um, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. I don't feel like I know enough about that to discuss that. I know it's a milder version of the two, if I'm not mistaken. Any therapists out there that are listening to this can go ahead and chime in and, and, you know, check me if I'm wrong. But because I don't feel comfortable enough going into that right now, I'm just going to focus solely on bipolar one versus bipolar two. I have found in my experience as a clinician that bipolar 2 is much more common of a diagnosis. Bipolar 1, let's start with that, is characterized by extreme manic episodes. A person with bipolar 1 will experience a full manic episode, okay? But they may or may not have the depressive component. So it's not contingent on that necessarily, but the manic episode has to be present. So they have to have that very strong sensation of elation and joy and this feeling like I can do anything and I'm going to go and I don't know, gamble all my money because I think I'm going to win more money out of it or I'm going to go travel 
and you know backpack through Europe on like five dollars like extreme decisions risky behaviors are often associated with mania hypersexual behaviors self-destructive behaviors that maybe at the moment of the manic episode this person's not perceiving it to be such but it is in fact self-destructive um hypersexual behaviors a lot of uh promiscuity uh, a variety of sexual partners um like i said going on a bus and just traveling somewhere with like five dollars in your pocket just being like i'm gonna go on an adventure like those are just examples of what mania can look like it's this like strong feeling of elation like i can do anything i can be anyone i can be famous i can be a celebrity and a lot of it is based on delusion or is irrational or um it's extreme okay so like i said bipolar one has to absolutely have that full manic episode but may or may not have the depressive aspect it can but that's not a requirement the depressive aspect is more along the lines of being in bed for days feelings of extreme hopelessness and helplessness sadness low self-worth a lot of crying not eating a lot or maybe eating too much um also going back to the manic episode oftentimes when bipolar um or people who are bipolar um have a manic episode they have extreme racing thoughts at night they cannot sleep at night they're fully awake and energized at night and then in the morning they completely crash and are unfunctional but at night that is their time for creativity and energy that's when they feel hyped and that's when they have racing thoughts one thought after the other after the other after the other it's kind of hard for them to quiet the mind okay now bipolar type 2 which i feel is more common in my opinion at least from what i've experienced um and what i've personally seen in my clients and the people that i know personally bipolar 2 absolutely has to have the depressive component to it okay so it's not like one where one has to have the manic part but may or may not have the depressive part two absolutely has to have the depressive component to it now what happens with two two is a less intense version of one so two has hypomanic episode which is a period that's less severe than a full-blown manic episode so it's like baby mania it's not like as extreme as what i just described like i told you like getting on a bus with five dollars and saying i'm gonna go to europe i'm gonna go backpack through europe and take my clothes off in public and you know again these are extreme situations um and i'm referring to people that are not in treatment more specifically but bipolar 2 is 
hypomania. So hypomania, a period that's less severe than a full manic episode. Some people with bipolar type 2 may not even have um, necessarily um, a hypomanic episode. What you may see, though, is a lot of irritability. And I know it's hard because you think to yourself, well, regular depression also causes irritability. How do I know if it's bipolar disorder? Uh, Anxiety also causes irritability. How do I know if it's bipolar disorder? I know. It can be very subjective. But when you see frequent shifts in extreme depression, sadness, feelings of helplessness, hopelessness, to then irritability, anger, temperament issues, um, aggression, and um, impulsivity. That's very much indicative of bipolar too. And so that is pretty much the key difference between those two. And the important part is to recognize that there is help out there. There is help available. There are qualified clinicians out there that are more than able to treat this and help manage symptoms. Now, what I like to do with my bipolar uh, clients is, first of all, I'm a firm believer that most cases of bipolarity need to be treated um, with the combination of mental health therapy, support groups, and medication management. There are people that are bipolar that that do just fine with therapy alone. I have found that that is the rare exception. Bipolar disorder cannot be cured. It is a lifelong diagnosis. Um, A diagnosis is in and of itself is essentially something that (laughs) more often than not is lifelong. It's, It's more often than not chronic. Not always. So allow me to say that better. It is not curable. It's not curable. It is something that will be with you for the rest of your life, I guess would sound better than how I said it prior. And without treatment for bipolar disorder, you will have a very difficult time managing your symptoms, maintaining relationships with others, You will lose jobs. You will not be able to keep jobs. You will not be able to keep relationships that are healthy. You will not be able to effectively communicate your feelings. You need the tools from therapy, the support from a support group, and the stabilizing aspect of the medication to stabilize your mood, a mood stabilizer, essentially. With these three things in place, at the very least, the therapy and the medication component, there's a great chance that anyone that suffers from bipolar disorder will do just fine. Will do just fine. Because like I said, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you have been diagnosed with bipolar one or two, you are not alone. This is very common and it is very treatable. The symptoms can be managed 
and you can help others better understand diagnosis. Now, people with bipolar disorder also have a tendency to drink or do drugs. Not every single person. But there is a strong correlation between having bipolar disorder and alcohol dependency or drug dependency. Now, what I like to do, which is what I was originally um, trying to get at, I would suggest keeping a mood diary so that you can write down how you're feeling every single day. You can give a voice to those feelings and develop insight into your triggers. How are you feeling and what has caused you? What has led you to feel that way? Allow yourself to explore that aspect of yourself so that you can better understand yourself. And that is a step in the right direction. And therapists love, 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 love when clients come in with increased insight and self-awareness. We love it. So with that being said, there is treatment. There are options available. It is very manageable. You just need to make sure that you are proactive about your treatment because it can become unmanageable. And I don't want to scare anyone out there, but it can become unmanageable when you're not in treatment. Because a lot of people with bipolar disorder that are not in treatment, it, it does result in extreme suicidal ideations and sometimes even intent and follow through. And so that's why it's so crucial, it's so important that you, you know, you get the help that you need if you are bipolar or you encourage your loved ones suffering from bipolar disorder to get the help that they need. That's why it's so essential. And um, again, nothing to be ashamed of. As far as I'm concerned, we all got something going on. You guys know what's up with me. I've been very candid about it on here. So this is a safe space. This is a judgment-free zone. We are all here to uplift each other, to help each other thrive in spite of our underlying mental health issues. And I believe that we all can do it together. And so with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in for being part of my podcast family, and I will catch you next time.